Welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday morning. I'd like to say a very happy new year to the one and the only Andrew Dembina. Anders, it's great to speak to you. Happy new year. Hey, happy 2023, Noreen Mir. That's right. Well, uh, we're bringing you Tuesday, the listener. Well, we're bringing you Tuesday on a Thursday because um, I wasn't here on Tuesday. So it's great to have you back on the program, Anders. Um, do you have any New Year's resolution? Or are you are you the type that, you know, you don't set New Year's resolutions? Be honest with you, Noreen. Did it in the past. Don't bother anymore. Who keeps them? Do you? <laughs> well, I try to. <laughs> I, I, I still try to. But then, you know, it depends how long you keep them for. I mean, do you just keep them on for, for you? Do you keep it for a few months, the whole year? Or is it like an ongoing I think thing? The, I think it's it, traditionally, I guess it was meant to be the whole year. But in modern times, people people fall by the wayside pretty early. Well, at least I speak for myself. I won't judge others, but yeah, not it, for me. It's about setting realistic <laughs> goals, but I'll dedicate a program to that another time. So what have you got for our listeners uh, this Thursday morning? This Thursday morning, something very related to the new year that we're just beginning. Food and drinks trends for 2023. Ooh, nice. There are not that many of them. Yeah, not many are forecast quite yet, but... Of the ones that have been, those that have been brave enough to put their foot forward, I've uh, picked a select few that we can fit into this segment. So starting off with something, according to the daily newspaper and online publication Metro in the UK, uh, in Britain, a massive trend that they're expecting to continue from 2022 into 2023 is West African food. Now, in Hong Kong, we might not be that familiar with some of those uh, key dishes or ingredients, so I will come on to that in a moment. But um, th this was based on some research that the newspaper did, plus uh, among the research into restaurant popularity and new restaurants opening up, they also noticed that on Google Trends in the UK, uh, the searches for West African dishes over the past 12 months were distinctly up over 2021. That's massively for 2022. So they, that also backs up their theory that it's going to be the next big thing food-wise in the UK for 2023. And they interviewed some chefs about this. One of the stars of this uh, type of restaurant is the founder of West African-inspired restaurant called Akoko, which is in London. And it's named after the head chef, Akakomi, who is someone who has been on TV a lot in the UK and has become a bit of a, a celeb in the foodie world in the last 12 months. And um, the chef says, I'm so thrilled to see West African food getting a name for itself in London and beyond that... Um, that there's not only my restaurant, but there are other places worth checking out. And this is a very humble thing. The chef went on to recommend there's also Zoe's Ghana Kitchen, uh, Chisheru and Papa L's Kitchen. Now, of course, to us in Hong Kong, those won't mean much more than the names themselves, but it just shows the proliferation of top restaurants that are being recommended by one of the UK's top voted chefs of the year, um, and that is... Uh, uh, Aji Akakomi. Plus, supermarkets have got a good selection right now of essential ingredients used in West African cooking. So it shows that people are trying to create these at home. And a chef director 
of um, a food products company called Cubit House Group says that there will be more West African ingredients to come in supermarkets quite soon. So, that's, are you familiar with anything West African yourself, Laurie? Well, well, that's the thing. I don't think I've ever tried West African uh, dishes before. And I, I, I was Googling, and, you know, these are sort of uh, considered uh, sort of in uh, Nigeria or, or Ghana, Mali, Senegal. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. you know, uh, countries in West Africa. No, I, I, I'm not so familiar with, with the cuisine. Um, are, are you? Right. Well, I have tried West African food before, uh, Senegalese, but that's the only that's the only type that I've tried. And there are some there are some ingredients and there are some dishes which loosely are a common factor across the whole region. And uh, one of those is cassava, which is a root which can be eaten in many ways. It's um it looks a bit like burdock, which is uh, quite popular in Chinese, Japanese and other Asian cooking, which is a long root. And the texture is pretty similar. It's quite sort of chalky or it's quite um, it, 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 when you boil it or steam it, it kind of falls apart um, in it, with its with its fibers. And when it is dried, it is pounded into flour in West Africa. So it's used as a staple for making flatbreads. Um, but it's also used as either mashed, boiled or steamed um, uh, carbohydrates as a staple across West Africa. So that's one common factor that stretches across the region. And there are other there are other flavors and dishes like a popular dish, for example, is one called jollof rice. And I've sent you I've sent Noreen a, a photo of this. It's a popular dish that is all over Africa, uh, originated in Senegal. And I tried it in a Senegalese restaurant, um, but it has since spread to the whole of West Africa from um, Senegal, especially Nigeria and Ghana, um, among members of the Wolof ethnic group. And from the ethnic group Wolof, it's been changed a little bit to Jolof. Um, it's, it's a, I'm sounding a bit complex here, but it's Jolof <laughs> rice. And the, let's just get to Jollof what's in rice. it. Okay. Um, Describe yeah, it to let, our let's listeners. Let's jump into jollof. Yeah, let's let's jump into jollof. Yeah. Describe to our listeners uh, a little bit more about jollof rice. I can see from the picture that you sent, um, it's kind of mm. like uh, orangey. So it's got like a tomatoey uh, kind of mm. sauce to it. Exactly, exactly. It is tasty. Um, as 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 French is still spoken in a bit of Africa, exactly. The 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 rice, tomatoes, and tomato paste and onion, as well as uh, traditional. Um, you know, salt and other seasonings, um, including ground um, chili red pepper sometimes is in it. Uh, That's a base. Sounds really good. That's the base, which sounds yummy in itself, but there's protein in it, which is usually meat um, or sometimes vegetables or fish. Uh, Spices are kind of optional, and across some regions of Africa or countries, there are... Um, there are, there are no, there's no spice at all. Seems yeah. to be in the Do, more tropical parts like, of Africa. Yeah, does it taste a bit like the Vietnamese tomato rice? Have you tried that before? Yeah, I have. I have uh, a, a little bit, a little bit. I would say um, it seems um, a little bit spicier. Ah, um, there, there's a lot of seasoning in it. They really, they, I think, from West African food that I've tried, it is heavily seasoned. They really like a lot of a lot of big flavors in there. Um, and uh, I think in the actual countries themselves, due to 
just the you know the factor sweeping generalization but it's but it's pretty much on um you know on par is that people can't afford lots of protein so the uh, the inclusion of meat uh fresh vegetables or fish or seafood would generally be quite low and then you get the other you get it bulked up um and very tastily so with uh, tomatoes and onion and and vegetables and meat as they can be found or fish. Mm. So that's that, that's one dish. Another one that I only mentioned one more, which is uh, another kind of one that crosses countries across West Africa, and that is called ground nut stew um, or mafe in in African, and it's a peanut based stew, and that's really really common across uh, across most of the country: Senegal, Gambia, Mali, Guinea. Ivory Coast, uh, most most of West Africa actually, and ground. So ground nuts are um, a word that um, even in English it really is called ground nut because that's the direct translation from um, the, from the African name uh, mafe. But uh, we would know them as peanuts, which were brought to um, uh, Africa during its colonial period. They're not a native ingredient, but they are a fantastic source of protein. So um, the um, the uh, indigenous inhabitants across the different countries um, soon realised that they could get a lot of protein from from the peanuts that the colonial um, uh, people had brought along to grow and to be harvested in Africa, and it became an indigenous staple, which is kind of interesting, turning something um, that has been brought to the country into something useful. Uh, and um, the recipes for the stew do vary quite widely across the different countries. Uh, they can have, uh, like, like, like the last one that I, that I mentioned, um, the uh, jollof rice, they also can have chili in them. Uh, the holy trinity across uh, African, West African cuisine seems to be tomato, onion and chili. Mm. It's common to mix these together across different dishes that appear. And the common protein for groundnut stew, um, again, will be uh, the, the popular meats are mutton, beef or chicken. And in the coastal areas, um, you can find uh, seafood, which is uh, um, it's a dish which is usually served with rice, but also it can be served with cassava, uh, sweet potato, uh, rice and sometimes couscous. So... That's uh, those are those are dishes that to me sound uh, sounds great. And as I say, I have I've tasted um, West African food. There there are Ethiopian restaurants in Hong Kong, in Hong Kong that yeah. I've uh, yeah that have uh, that have become more popular. I would say in the last year. But uh, but anyway, this this trend was based on what Metro publication sees as being popular in the UK. So if you Google Jollof Rice Hong Kong, there, there, there is a restaurant in Chongqing Mansions uh, that, okay. that does it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a restaurant uh, on uh, cuisine from Ghana. Wow, amazing. Mm. Andrew, when you're back, we oh, got, yeah, we got to try this. I really, that really want to try this. Yeah, rice. yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Let us do that. Like, just finishing on this, this part, um, there's uh, an honourable mention goes to a restaurant called uh, Ikoyi, which is the UK's first Nigerian fine dining restaurant, which opened in 2017, but it has become uh, something quite special uh, as it became the first uh, African restaurant in the UK to win a Michelin star. So that's 
really showing that the food is being held up in high regard, not just um, something that is, um, you know, the the, uh, the basics of what ingredients people might be able to put together, uh, but uh, but also something that can be elevated across levels. So, watch okay. that space. On- yes. Yeah. Um, On to the next trend from New York. The New York Times um, has said that um, the thrill of thrift, um, which has uh, come into play in 2022, is something that they are saying is going to be continuing as a trend this year in 2023. So that is it, it covers a few bases. It's about frugal shoppers who are enthusiastic about going to lower-priced um, supermarkets and not being shy about doing so, about using food coupons and not being shy to pull them out of their wallet and uh, let people see that they are trying to not waste money on food. It's a different mentality. Um, if you call it frugal, it sounds almost negative. What it means is being mindful of not overspending. That's probably being, putting it more positively. Absolutely. I call it being financially friendly. Yeah, sure. and I think, and I, and I, and I mean, Hong Kong. I, I I'm, I'm aware um, it has not suffered quite as badly uh, as some other places. Let's say in Europe, um, I can't speak about America, but Europe because of the Russia. Ukraine war situation, um, the the price the prices have gone up because uh, certain staples have been um, increasing very sensitively. Um, in, in certainly in Hong Kong and in other parts of Asia, inflation has been rampant too. We've been talking about it right through 2022 last year, and um, and you know it's, it's it's been a common factor of our of our chats, hasn't it? It has but, been cheese, um, for example. Cheese is so expensive in Hong Kong. Mm. Like you just yeah. it, it, it's always been yeah. expensive, but even now it's more expensive. That's, that's my it, finding. Is it's funny. I, I do I do agree with that. Cheese, another one that's always been expensive, regardless of COVID and the war in Russia and Ukraine, is bread. I mean, it's like we, you know, in Hong Kong, for some reason that uh, people seem satisfied. Well, I guess nothing the consumer can really do about it. Consumer Council poss- possibly could, but uh, that is providing bread in joke-sized loaves, which are you know a few slices for the price of uh, you know for more than the price of a, of a loaf traditionally in, uh, in 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 other countries. Of course, it's imported. Wheat is imported, but then so is almost everything else that comes to Hong Kong. So I, I, I've never seen the reason why why bread and bakery products um, uh, are often very expensive in Hong Kong. That's my little rant. I hope that I will see. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't hold my breath and expecting to see any any price change in 2023, though, because as we know, uh, wheat has gone up tremendously. Um, back to the New York Times article: Inflation fears about climate change and growing concern about waste and conspicuous consumption. It says are driving. Uh, a new interest in what it once again calls frugality. Um, people are no longer embarrassed um, to uh, to talk about this, as I mentioned before. And uh, this is this is all very healthy, in my opinion. And it's been they're basing it on research from uh, companies that look at consumer spending in the U.S. And uh, one of them that is cited is WGSN, which is one of the big U.S. consumer analyst firms. Um, social media, the uh, the analyst says, is filled with money-saving tips for the kitchen and menu hacks to get 
cheaper items at coffee shops and other restaurants. So the New York Times has also looked at the uh, the other reasons that people are looking to change what they buy. They're also looking at environmental impact. So it go, I'm going beyond the frugality now that's mentioned in this piece on, on, on American trends. And also they want to, um, the consumer wants to increase the use of small appliances such as microwaves, air fryers and electric kettles rather than switch on their oven because of the price of uh, electricity. Um, something that we'll be feeling much more in the coming months in Hong Kong. Oh, totally. I, um, I mean, electricity, my electricity bill came um, and it was mm. expensive. And then, you know, in my apartment, we also used town gas. So that came and it was right. quite expensive too. Yeah. And we've heard, of course, we've all heard in the news that it will be jumping up a lot more this year. So um, so those those tips were i don't know if you've used an air fryer i haven't noreen no but, i uh, haven't remember we talked about this before um yeah, the consumer council yeah. did a piece i think it was about a couple of years ago and said it was mm. um you know the food cooked in there could be carcinogenic so i mean anything these days can be but you know we don't need to add to it i'm sure people can do their research um and, mm. and have a look um but you know I, right. i've heard i've heard friends who swear by it and say it's the best food yeah. tastes better like that so i think it's a it's an individual right, choice right right just finishing on the new york times piece they say there'll there'll be something to expect is a stronger focus on um durability flexibility um and timelessness in the food products that people buy that means when timelessness it means not the trendy stuff and buying less um items and getting ingredients in bulk that they can use to serve multiple purposes this is um from another consumer trends company called mintel trends another big one in the u.s cited by the new york times so moving on to another the topic because i have two more if we have time for them the we, third we one have five is, minutes left okay time flies um drinks according to uk-based uh, magazine Olive. Here are some predicted trends for this year. The first one, I sent you a picture of it, and you wouldn't believe what it is until I tell you. It is a paper bottle. That's gin <laughs> bottle. It is. Uh, it looks like opaque glass in the photo, but it is made from compressed and uh, waterproofed, uh, recycled paper. That's I mean, brilliant. how on point is that? Exactly. I mean, it, it totally looks like a bottle, a glass bottle. And you know what this reminds me of? Wine in a box, or as in, in Australia, yeah. call them a goon box or a, a, a yeah. goon or, or something yeah. like that. But people regard exactly. that as like cheaper wine and stuff. But I bet you, you know, mm. boutique gins that make uh, paper spirit bottles, that would be sort of more sought after and, and sort of more sustainable. And it'll be a, a markup in price and it'll be seen as trendy and stuff the opposite of of wine in a box I'll give, uh, yeah i'll give you a quick uh, price range they range in the uk and i've got four examples the one i've sent you is a gin one and that's 27 pounds which is uh, these days not much over 250 dollars which is uh, which not, is not not yeah, bad not, that, for, not bad for, yeah yeah, but they but they do go up to around the equivalent of uh, let's say four hundred and fifty Hong Kong dollars for some other brandies and uh, uh, and other types of spirits from France, UK, 
um, uh, mostly UK, as it's a UK publication, I'm sorry, but they do say it's also a trend in France, which can be very precious with its glass bottles. Other drinks trends um, mentioned in this Olive article in the UK, retro cocktails. They say that kitsch feel-good cocktails such as tequila sunrises were the most searched for cocktails um, in 2022, and they expect also with some of the supermarkets in the UK releasing cocktails in a can that offer retro drinks such as banana daiquiri and pina coladas that 70s cocktails are back. Keep your eyes peeled to see if that was correct. And the third drinks trend from Olive Magazine UK is characterful vodkas. This basically means thinking very carefully about what is used for the base to make the alcohol. Potato vodkas, for example, have a creamier texture, while rye-based ones can have more nutty notes. This is getting into the geekiness almost <laughs> of wine talk, but with spirits. Um, so I won't go on much more than that because I was warned from you about the time we have left. And so I'm going to move on to the fourth segment in this and it's back to the US for a short last prediction and it's about uh, a couple of terms that I wasn't really that familiar with. Have you heard of climatarianism? No. Climatarianism. Nope. Well, sounds like climate and it is about that. It's been um, something which people have used a bit in 2022. It's about using products that are good for uh, global warming and the climate. So, so not you know, you, once I tell you that, you, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Almond milk, avocados from Mexico, all of these things yes. which, are, you know, which are not using the best practice possibly for the world in terms of what they do for farming. So there's a new term now called regenivore, which has just um, sort of come out later in 2022, which is expected to be rearing itself uh, more frequently in uh, this year. Uh, it's no longer about eating just sustainably, um, but it's also about actively uh, healing the planet through carbon-reducing agriculture. So that's regenerative, it's regenerating. It's not just saying avoid this and that. It's saying with your farming, do this and that to make the planet a better place in terms of um, reducing global warming, making more fertile soil, not just farming all of the nutrients out of the soil, really making sure that we go through the proper farming cycles and processes which can allow farming to continue and have a better impact in other areas of the global environment. Uh, it also promotes, lastly, um, some of the climate hero ingredients, as they are sometimes called these days, such as fava beans and lupin beans, which um, don't require a lot of water or space to be grown, and they're full of fibre and protein, amino acids, vitamins and minerals. So that's what it's all about, um, regenerism. Um, and uh, to be a, a regenivore, you need to think carefully about what you eat if you fancy doing that excellent well andrew thank you so much for setting the tone uh, for the year 2023 we shall be uh, watching out for these trends and watching what we eat and and perhaps well try to be uh, more sustainable with our food choices andrew once again thank you so much for your time this week and i look forward to more chats with you next week happy new year Doreen. <laughs>